Thank you for downloading the Clear River View podcast, the only podcast that you need to stay up to date with all things river cruise holidays. My name's Andy Harmer and I'm the Managing Director for Clear in the United Kingdom. Now, uh, thank you very much indeed for taking time this summer to listen to our podcast. As I speak, lots of holidaymakers are heading to Europe to enjoy a river cruise holiday and one of the big operators on European rivers is Quasi Europe. So I took the opportunity to chat to John Fair, who is the UK Sales Director for Quasi Europe in the UK. John, thank you very much indeed for making time to talk to us. Um, for those who don't know Quasi Europe, why don't you give us a bit of a kind of a summary? Okay, well, firstly, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, Quasi Europe, um, I feel like I've been saying this for many years, but we are a little bit of a hidden secret um on the uk market still um because we are in fact the largest cruise line in europe i'm talking fleet size and uh, yeah. not not um, we've got 51 ships on the fleet at the moment um so we have we offer uh, not only in terms of river cruise where we are predominantly but we've also got canal barges um some long haul lake in africa we've got the lake ships um, and we've got two ocean going ships as well so it's a real eclectic mix um predominantly river though um, and i suppose our our biggest point, particularly for agents, is that we, if you drew a map, a map of Europe and drew on every navigable river, we're on there. So, um, which no one else can say. And um, we have ships on rivers that other people don't have, like the Loire, uh, the Guadalquivir in Spain, which always amazes me because a lot of people don't know the Guadalquivir, but it's beautiful down in Seville, down through the Andalusian countryside. Um, so we we have we offer a, a, a lot to um, to to agents and obviously to our to our customers as well. Um, we're um, price-wise very much in the four-star band of the market, if you like, but we do have some predominantly five-star products. Um, our ocean ships, our canal barges, our Africa product, all five-star. Um, but, you know, and I'm slightly biased, but um, what the price we charge for what we offer, I think, is tremendous value. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can come, it's all-inclusive bar, so come and have a tipple. <laughs> and how long have you been with Quasi Europe? It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, since uh, March 18. So what's that? Just over five years. And, how, um, and what, what was your journey? And, you know, what, how did you end up in River Cruise? Uh, River Cruise, the main journey for River... I've been in Cruise for quite a while. Um, I think probably one of the first times I've met you, Andy. But uh, I moved into River Cruise, really, when I was the commercial director at Cosmos. And um, we had, in those days, we did have Avalon, but we yeah. also had programmes with Quasi Europe, uh, with Amadeus, with Arosa. So I, I got to know the concept of River Cruise through those, those three brands plus Avalon. Um, and obviously that's... The, the connection with Quasi in many ways, that's how I met Quasi Europe. Yeah. And and River has changed and evolved and grown over those years. Is it is it continuing to do the same now? Oh yeah, well I think without without question, not only not only in a slightly younger, younger demographic. I mean, if, if we're if we, you know, we, we we're not attracting you know, many of the 35-year-olds, let's be honest, but certainly we've seen it come down to 55, 50, um, younger, fitter, healthier people, um, wellness on the cruises, bikes, hiking, you know, so it's really, really starting to evolve. Um, you know, keep fit on board is no longer just jogging on the board, it's Pilates and, and, and wellness programs. So I've seen, even in five years, seen a big change, not only for us, because of Europe, but also for the industry as a whole. And, and from a cross Europe perspective, you, that's a lot of ships <laughs> that are yes, great. It um, is. <laughs> so are they all of a similar standard and specification? Because Shipbuild has probably evolved over the time that you've been building ships anyway. Yeah, I think the main difference is our oldest ship we currently operate is 19 years old because um, the company's 47 years old, but we don't have any ships oh, that are 47 years old, I can promise you. The oldest <laughs> is 19. The youngest is was built on the Duro in 2019, um, just before the pandemic. So you can see the range 
So there are some differences. Uh, we call them standard or premium. Um, but as a business, uh, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but we very much focus on one main restaurant, one main um, very comfortable lounge, the upper deck and the service and the food. So we're not, we don't have gyms and spas and, um, and you know, so, so other, others do. So, um, so we very much focus on that. And all the ships have that, regardless right. of the age. Um, that's the main focus. Um, but obviously the, uh, the newer ones, particularly the Duro, we've got, we've got ones that were built in 17, 18 and 19. They are lovely ships, full size swimming pools on top. Um, so that's the sort of uh, the, the gold standard now. And, and what are the challenges? Because you, you're an international brand in many ways. You're predominantly French, I guess, for your guests. So does, does that present challenges in the UK market or are the UK ready to cruise with other guests from other nationalities? Um, it does pose challenges. I'll be lying to you if I said it didn't. Um, you know, particularly when you've got very strong UK-based brands out there. Um, but we we have great feedback from people who come on the ships. We never have problems on the ships. Um, we speak two languages on the ships, French and English. So there's never a language problem. But, but persuading people sometimes can be an issue. Um, I'm not going to skirt around that. Um, but but um, there are other brands coming on the market who have this, uh, are international as well. So a lot of people are very happy to do it, but occasionally they're not. Yes. So it's a challenge. And yet you would think, I guess, that river cruising in Europe, you would want to travel with some Europeans as well. That pay, that becomes part of the attraction in many ways. Yes. Um, and certainly, as I said, you sort of repeat myself, the, the feedback once we get on board is, is fantastic. Yeah. We sell to over 40, mar- I think it's 40 markets around the world. So on any cruise, you could have French and British, but Americans, Canadians, Norwegians, Danes, Dutch. I could go on, I won't list them all. But but it's, it's a real, it can be a real eclectic mix on board. So, and, and that's really good. I, I personally... Um, find the atmosphere on board to be very good yeah and in terms of um the destination experience we always say river cruising is very much about the destination what what's your what's your most popular rivers and any idea why they're your most popular well from a uk perspective um the Dura, we have six ships getting back to that so we we are very popular on the Dura, and we do have a lot of british charters british groups and come with us on the Dura as well as individual customers but in general as you might expect the rhine the danube the rhone uh, are the entry rivers um in general um and then long come to the duro and then i said one that's really popular for us is venice we're not the only ones there uniworld are there as well but we have a, a ship based in venice and that is tremendously popular because it does short short cruises which always include at least two days in venice so it, it's a great city break in venice you do, and you don't think of venice as a as a river cruise destination no, you don't you've got, you've got the lagoon and then you've got the river po and the canals around it so there's plenty to sail but yeah. you get two days in venice and it's all inclusive so that saves you an absolute fortune on the cost of coffee and beer in venice so you know, what's not to like wow and then yeah and as you say cities also in venice are, are incredibly expensive so probably good value you mentioned two i guess two of the i can say alternative rivers in europe although actually the duro is becoming so popular you wouldn't call it that anymore but the duro and the guadalupe the, the River in, <laughs> I can't pronounce ever in Spain. Do you have to do a lot more work? Or certainly in the Duro, did you have to do a lot more work in terms of the destination experience on those rivers? Because it is quite different to, to the rest of Europe. Yeah, and that's all about the training that we we hopefully provide to agents as, and, and and the information that we provide. Because you're quite right, the Duro is 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 more scenery and 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 uh, the gorges. Um, obviously, you've got Porto one end and Salamanca the other, but in between they're very small towns and villages. Whereas yeah. the Danube, which I know you've spent a lot of time on, you get you know five major capital cities in in ten days if you want to do it. Um, yeah. So it is a different one like that. Um, Spain, obviously, to say once people are aware the river's there, they're very interested, and particularly if they they love Sevilla and um, the, the Andalusian cities. So that's not too difficult to sell. 
Um, Loire Valley is the other one we have exclusively, and obviously the chateaus, uh, we have to do a little bit of work there, but they tend to attract people, particularly seasoned river cruisers who've done the major rivers, if you like. Why, and I know, I think I know the answer to this, so, um, but I'll ask anyway, but in terms of the Loire, how are you the only ship and the operator on there? And presumably, because it's quite a low draft river, if I'm right in saying. Yes, there's a, a little bit of a story there. I think, um, I think I'm correct in saying that the, the, the family who, who, who owns um, Gauzier, one of the brothers is, is responsible for building the ships. And there was a, a challenge made to him some years ago that he would never sail a ship on the Loire Valley. And he, he took that challenge up. And the way he made it work is very clever. It's just got a, a paddle wheel on the side, um, which is very similar to the, the big red paddle wheels you'll find on the, the Mississippi, but, but much smaller. And it's yeah. electric, um, one on each side of the ship. And that allows the ship to sail in vir well, no, virtually you know, very, very low water. It allows it yeah. to sail. So it becomes navigable. Uh, and no one else has stepped in a traditional river cruise ship with a lower draft would, would not would not cope. So and no one else has taken up the challenge. So uh, long may that continue. <laughs> That's a great story. If it's true, which I presume it is true, but it's it a is great true. story. <laughs> yeah, he was challenged. I, I, I did, this you, you get handed down you know, when you yeah. join, but he was challenged to, to put a ship on that river and took that challenge up. From a, from a travel agent perspective, there'll be lots of travel agents listening to this um, and they will potentially maybe be selling river for the first time or they'll be early in their journey of selling river crews. It, it is sometimes quite a challenge if it's the same river and you have multiple operators featuring that river, how to decide which which cruise line to choose from. So how, you know, what is the what is the reason that people should choose Quasi Europe? A number of reasons. One is a, a great value for money. Uh, so I've said earlier where our price point sits in the market. We are all inclusive on board. Um, the food, um, I hope you've had your lunch. The food used to die for. Um, now, I'm not saying that's different to other cruise lines, but yeah. um, being a French company, you'd expect a lot of time and effort is put into the food that we that we offer on the ship. And it's won awards um, for, for, for the food. So I think if people enjoy the, the culinary experience. Um, as I said, the, the eclectic mix of customers on board. So it's a really international experience. Um, and then obviously, because we have so many ships, we are able to do anything from three nights to 19 nights. So we do a lot of short duration cruises. We do five nights. You can add on to land, land portions to make a seven night cruise. So we're not just tied in um, to seven nights and, and 10 nights and 14 nights. So we re a real um, flexibility, I think, is the key thing. And do you think cruise lines have got better at creating that distinction between each other now? I think, I, I mean, I certainly have seen the shift in the last... 10 years but do, do you do you agree with that yes i think i do for a lot of agents because i speak to a lot of agents and you probably speak to far more than i do but um a lot of agents are um a bit challenged by river cruise sometimes because it, it's like well how do I, what's the difference and this cruise line in, includes the excursions but not the drinks and this we include the drinks but not the excursions and it's all a bit like where do i go um so that's the biggest challenge really is, is getting that message over to agents which yeah. obviously yeah everyone training and stuff but the actual cruise lines themselves i think have done a pretty good job of of differentiating themselves in the market do you still find when you're talking to agents that you have to talk about the destination and the river first before you then introduce the cruise line or do you think we're a little bit past a little bit past that but but depends how experienced the agent is i think for new agents new to cruise agents which is obviously that the holy grail um, and yeah. it's very often the river it's very often the river first um to be to be blunt because there are so many different things you can do in a river, even the Rhine. Yeah. You can sail from Lamb, you can sail from Cologne, you can sail from Strasbourg. So it's tr getting the, the, the explaining, as we touched on earlier, the differences in the rivers. Then you can look at the brand. If you just pile in there with the brand, 
Um, and and it, it it doesn't for me personally it doesn't quite doesn't quite work. And, and I guess the other challenge is if you take some rivers, they are very different in the summer season than they are, for example, to Christmas markets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct. Well, we do Christmas markets in places like well the Guadalcanal in Sevilla. We do Christmas markets um, on in some of the French canal barges. Stuff like that. So there are little Christmas markets everywhere. But you see, you're quite right. Rivers you wouldn't think have yeah. Christmas markets to do. So it's not just about the big boys on the Rhine. You mentioned the barges, and it's probably not something we talk a great deal about, John, when we have a conversation. But what is that experience? Um, we have six barges in France. They are um, literally canal barges. Um, they only hold 22 people. So they, uh, they're, dead, they're a high-end high -end product, um, a real deep dive into French culture. So again, you know, touching on food and wine again, if you love cuisine and you love the wines of certain regions and you also just want to um get off the, the barge they only traveled about three or four miles an hour so it's a real slow slow yeah. travel and there's bikes on board so you can actually cycle faster than it sails um, and all the cruises excursions are included on those ones and you head off to chateaus vineyards lots of vineyards um markets and stuff so if you have someone who's a real francophile or just wants to do something different in france they're great they really get into the into the nub of the, the rural france and, and sorry, did you say what rivers there? I'm mad, Mister. Now you're testing me. There's there's around the around the, around the Paris area. Then we've got Alsace, okay. Provence, Burgundy, uh, Loire, and I'm missing one. <laughs> they... I'll, about, I'll think about it in a minute. Uh, Champagne, Champagne, Champagne. Okay. Yes. And are they popular? Because it sounds amazing way to travel through France. Yes, they are popular. They're very. Um, you can you can charter the whole. As you say, twenty two people is not too many. You can either take yeah. the whole. The whole barge or you can buy individual cabins on certain cruises and then they sell out pretty early so normally about they're normally sold out by six months before the season starts been a little bit different the last year maybe with covid we used to get a lot of americans charter them um they're coming back i'm pleased to say slowly but 24 more than 23 so so there's probably more cabins now than normal but they do sell out early yeah they sound amazing amazing way to travel <laughs> it is it, it is lovely i mean and it's just very very relaxing they've got a jacuzzi on the front so you can sit in there all day with a with your chosen Chosen bubbles and the bubbles in the water and bubbles in the glass and uh, off you go. <laughs> well, you mentioned, I guess you mentioned some of the best wine regions in France, so there there must be plenty of opportunities for that, which is good. Oh yes, you will not go short of a glass of wine, <laughs> and they're all inclusive again. Of course, everything we do is all inclusive, so you don't have to worry about buying the wine; it's there for you. Oh, brilliant! See, I'm sold. I'm sold. Um, you you must have river cruised quite a lot yourself. Do you have a favourite experience or river that you've you've enjoyed? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll split it very briefly down to when I was travelling on business, I was lucky enough to go to Africa, uh, to our lake, to our thing, and it was just jaw-droppingly stunning. Um, so I'd recommend that to anybody. But as a family, uh, we did the Douro last year, which was great. And the, just before COVID, we did the, the Guadalcaville, and the year before that, we did the Rhone. And I'd recommend all three of those. I've got grown-up kids now, but they, they always turn up for free holiday. And, um, <laughs> and they loved it. They love it. And um, they just join us and we do the excursions and we sit in the bar at night. And play. It's just lovely. Yeah. So um, I'd recommend all of those rivers and all the others. And, and you have to you have to tell us a bit more about the Africa experience now, because that is very different. It is very different. We've got two ships on Lake Cariba in Zimbabwe. And they only hold 16 people. So they're eight deluxe oh, cabins. Wow. But the way we set it up as a business, we, we, we purchased two safari lodges in Namibia on the Zambezi, on the border with Botswana. So without, um, they, we basically, you go to the, the safari lodges first, spend three nights there, and you go into Chobe and Botswana for your, for your safaris. And then you jump on small light aircraft. So that's always an experience if you're a good flyer. And you go to Lake Kariba, uh, the airport at Kariba, which is 
probably the smallest airport I've ever been to in my life. Um, and then from there, transfer to the ships and spend three nights on the lake before finishing off in Victoria Falls. Um, so it's a really good um, introductory week to Africa if someone's a bit sh short on time. Yeah. You can obviously be put into a longer itinerary with some of the African specialists, but it's just a wonderful way um, to see Africa and put your toes in the proverbial water. No, it sounds Sounds amazing. And actually that shorter, I guess that shorter itinerary is something that you have across Europe as well. So actually that whole land add-on, you know, making it part of a longer trip is really important. Yes. And uh, we, we're, we're seeing one thing, I know it's not just us, we're seeing a growth in, um, we, we got our first atoll license on the 1st of March, which we hadn't had before. And we've already seen a growth in people who are tacking on before and stays pre and post in cities and uh, and obviously with Africa if they can do that then go to Cape Town or wherever that, that can be done as well uh, you've certainly you've certainly made me want to travel again <laughs> it's yes. always nice to chat about destinations you haven't been to yeah it, 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 it Africa is a, is a fairly unique one no one else no one else that I'm aware of does that that program yeah because um, you know unique is an overused word but um that genuinely is something that, uh, that only we do um you're a small team in the UK, but if agents listening want to get in touch or to, to work with you for the first time, what's the easiest way for them to do that? Um, they can contact um, either myself or my colleague Janine Sykes, who's the RBDM in the north. But if not, if, not, if they go to our consumer website, because we do sell direct as well, but price parity, I can assure you, um, mm. there is a, 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 an agent portal. And you can go on there and log your details and we'll get in touch. Brilliant. John, I wish you well for the rest of the summer. I know that uh, the autumn, Christmas markets, everything is going to be very busy this year, no doubt, as people kind of discover the Christmas markets for the first time, because I still think we probably don't talk enough about Christmas markets. But um, I agree. I agree with you on that. It's, it's a slightly overlooked and we sort of get to November and everyone goes, oh, Christmas markets. Um, <laughs> so um, it, it's, a, it's a lovely product. And, and, and again, um, they tend to be shorter durations. They're a great way for someone, a, a customer or an agent to... to try out river cruising and have a great time with the markets as well. Well, we wish you well for the rest of the year. Uh, thank you very much for talking to us. Enjoy the rest of the summer. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And that's just about all we have time for on this podcast. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Thank you also to John Fair from Quasi Europe for joining as my special guest. You can, of course, find the whole back catalogue of podcasts on the clear website at cruising. Org. But for now, thank you for listening and see you next time.